You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. You're listening to MLB.com Extras, brought to you by MLB.tv. It's baseball everywhere. Welcome to MLB.com Extras, the Colorado Rockies. I'm Allison Spitter from MLB.com, here with Thomas Harding, our intrepid reporter who covers the Rockies for MLB.com. And it's been a really long time, Thomas, since we have talked. And now we are almost upon the trade deadline. Uh, a little bit to go, but it's never too early to talk about that fun time of year when reporters lose a little bit of sleep and maybe some years off their life. But fans really get into it. Um, so with the Rockies, you have all kinds of players that are available, but I'm sort of thinking that they're going to be really sort of quiet and boring and maybe not very active this, this trade deadline. Do you agree? I don't know what's going to happen, to be honest, especially with the new general manager and Jeff Breidich here, um, but you, you still have the same ownership group. They have some big pieces they can move. They have some smaller pieces they can move. I am interested to see exactly what decisions they make and what will the Rockies be in the future. You know, is this going to be an organization that, that maybe takes a step or two back and uh, picks, up, picks up a few parts here but basically builds with what it has? Or are they going to kind of try to stick with parts that they still have, meaning guys like a Troy Tulowitzki or Carlos Gonzalez, and try to build around those parts that way. So um, when, whenever rumors come up, and obviously a lot of things come up that we as reporters have to check out, but so far in, in, in this deadline, when rumors have come up, they've gone almost nowhere immediately. It's been, a, it's, it's been strange, but um, when I talked to Jeff Breidich a couple of days ago, he was saying it would probably be the next week or so before things start kind of uh, crystallizing and the teams that really want to make a move um, really begin putting, putting their offers together. Yeah, it's kind of weird to think about a team like the Rockets. When you say, like, do they want to take two steps back to look toward the future? I mean, that's sort of like a Braves thing to do, where the Braves, like, sort of know how to stay relevant year to year, even if they take a couple of years where they do have to take a step back in order to make sure that they're not, like, you know, setting themselves back, like, five or more years, like so many teams do. And But the Rockies, it just seems like they've been bad for so long that they kind of they want to be good, but are they still trying to figure out what their identity is? Well, I think they're trying to figure out how to get pitching in here. That's, and that's been the issue as long as there's been a franchise in Denver is how do you pitch here? How do you get, how do you acquire the pitching? How do you pay for the pitching? And that will be perpetual with them. Uh, the difference between the Braves, between the Rockies and a lot of other teams is even some of the bad Rockies teams, you can put together a quality offense here. Um, I'm looking at their farm system and there are some parts coming up in that system that it looks like you can sustain a pretty good offensive lineup, but the question always gets back to pitching. Um, they are trying to develop some pitching, but you also have to acquire it. You know that you're not going to get it on the free agent market um, because this is not the highest-paying franchise. And a lot of the pitchers, when they are approached by the Rockies, suddenly the price goes up because you know that you're devoting – Part of your, you know you're devoting part of your career to pitching in a place that's very difficult to pitch. So how do you acquire that pitching? Uh, well, often it's through trades or you develop it. Um, free agency is, tends to be out. So there, there's a puzzle here that's a little bit different from other places. 
So I'm looking at some of the names that could be traded. I mean, I guess John Axford would be like, if you had to pick one that would be like a likely candidate, even if there are none, it would be a guy like that. I would think maybe you could get something because he's got to be a commodity for like a contending team as opposed to, you know, these huge contract guys that we have talked about at nauseam and too little cargo. I mean, you know, that's, we right. know where they stand on that. But a guy like Axford, I mean, he could be interesting to another team. Yeah, he could be, and I've heard of some American League teams that have looked at him. Uh, there was a report saying the Tigers were among the teams. Um, I believe that the Toronto Blue Jays could be a good place for him. I mean, he is Canadian, and and uh, obviously they like that type of player. And here's the deal with Axford, too, is that because um, I think it's it's a matter of two days, if I'm not mistaken, he is still arbitration eligible going into next season, so he doesn't become a free agent, so the team controls him. So that makes him an attractive target. Yeah, no doubt. I didn't even realize that. Um, so let's talk about some players that are on the team and, and probably will be on August 1st, Chad Bettis. Um, so his elbow is only inflamed instead of something worse. So I guess that's kind of a side relief for the organization. That's nothing worse than that. Uh, yes, it is a sigh of relief, and I know that there was some worry on the part of the manager, Walt Weiss. And the the thing with Bettis is he went from reliever to starter, so he was a reliever last season until kind of toward the end of the year when he started a handful of games at the AAA level. But all of a sudden he's gone from that to a pretty heavy innings workload here, and I think the inflammation also kind of helped, helped him decide, hey, how are we going to control this guy's innings? Well, when you have elbow inflammation, then you can control when the guy comes back. Um, so I'm looking to see what happens after he gets back, how much um, he pitches after he does return. He's a guy that uh, they believe there's a future with him as a starting pitcher. So what they're going to have to do is just make sure that he doesn't blow up the elbow this year and, and just manage him coming into next year um, after you know the, um, the move of taking him from the bullpen to the rotation. I wanted to talk about this rain out in San Diego, or this, I'm sorry, rain delay in San Diego, which made me laugh, made everybody laugh. But then when I saw that they were playing the Rockies, it just made perfect sense. Uh, the first thing I thought was, you know, this team is cursed when it comes to weather. And then there was a whole story about it on Rockies.com about how uh, the Rockies seem to, you know, have the bad weather in Denver, and then they take it with them on the road. So you just, I mean, that had to been like um, just, one of those things where you think, what is going on with this team this year, that they're actually being delayed now in San Diego for rain? Well, that game actually was rained out, and they're going to have to make it up in September. So, oh. yeah, <laughs> it, it's crazy. It was the first rain out in San Diego since 2004 um, when we were out there earlier this year with the Rockies, I believe in April. Uh, L.A. had its biggest rainfall one day. I think it set a 100-year broke a 100-year-old record for rain. So wherever the Rockies go, the cloud follows them. And it, it, it is absolutely crazy. These guys have probably perfected sitting out rain delays. You know, that's funny because California needs the rain, so maybe the Rockies just should just relocate for an entire season and only play in California, and that would, like, solve all the environmental woes out there. Yeah, I think so. It would solve a lot of them, although, you know, the, the roads and bridges would have a hard time with it and mudslides and everything else. But, uh, <laughs> yeah, at least it would, it, it would address part of the problem. How about that? Okay, and then one final thing, just quickly. I, wanna, I, love, some of, like, I love the random stuff you come up with. And uh, LaTroy Hawkins, who, of course, is a dear friend of both of us. Um, so I like talking about LaTroy. But I, I, I love that he's the last active pitcher. According to the story that uh, that I saw on Rockies.com, he's the last active pitcher to face Michael Jordan 
uh, during Jordan's double A trek in 1994. Is that do I have that right? Yes, that is correct. And in, in fact, it's funny too because it's a it's kind of a reunion. I was covering uh, the Memphis Chicks at the time. I was I was covering them when Jordan was playing in the league, I, and actually had written a couple of things about Latroy Hawkins back then, and of course followed that that that, that one strange year where Jordan was in the minors. That's outstanding. Oh, Thomas, it's always a pleasure. Thank you so much. We will uh, we'll talk to you next week. Hey, thanks for having me. MLB.tv Premium, the number one live streaming sports service, is celebrating 13 years. Watch every out-of-market regular season game live or on demand in true HD. Real-time highlights, live look-ins, pitch tracking widget, and more. MLB.tv Premium includes a free At-Bat 15 subscription. Watch live baseball on over 400 mobile and connected devices. Watch at home, in the office, or on the go every night on every device. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Visit MLB.tv for details.